We're diving in headfirst into the world of protein myths, those lingering misconceptions that have been floating around the fitness and nutrition community for ages. You know the ones we're talking about. Can you get enough protein on a plant-based diet or is more protein always better? Get ready to separate fact from fiction as we debunk these common protein myths and uncover the truth about one of the most crucial elements in our diets. It's going to be a good one, so grab your coffee and let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, we're back. Another episode. Another one with a lot of technology going on right now. Yes, we do have a lot of technology. I realize I have to change the settings so that this doesn't always black out on me. It drives me crazy. All right, so happy birthday. Thank you. Is officially your birthday? Yes. So you can officially stop saying on the road to 49 now. On the road to 50. (laughs) It's a new goal. Hey, it's a badge of honor to make it to this age. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So can't take that for granted. So are you going to say on the road to 50 now? Not yet. Not yet. It's too too soon. soon. I'm going to enjoy 49. Yeah, it's too soon. I like to throw it out there for the folks, for my guys, to show them like, hey, this is possible to look like this at this age. You don't have to tap out. You don't have to give into the whole dad bod movement. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. Don't tap out, man. Don't give into that. Don't use your age as an excuse. I'm living proof. That's why I throw that age out there. Yeah, I mean, you're giving people hope. There you go. Just like you are. You're giving, girl, you're giving women hope too. I think so. Yeah. I'd like to think that. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to make it so that I like make people feel bad about no. being a certain age. I'm trying to make it so that it, get, it gives people inspiration. Yes, because a lot of times we're living our second half of life, okay? We're in the, we're in the second half now. We're on the other side. And a lot of people mentally give up and you don't have to mentally give up. It could be better because I look at it like this. I abuse my body in my 20s, 30s. I got better in my 40s, but now I'm no abuse. Living clean all the way. Yeah. Don't tap out, you guys. Don't use your age as an excuse. That's just a number. It's all up here. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's our goal and what we do. That's why we talk about it at nauseum. You put the pressure on. You got it. You set a big goal for us. So we're going to go on our 10-year wedding anniversary in July, 26th to be exact. What's that? 26 months from now? Seven months from now? Seven months from now? I don't... You can't figure out how many months it is? January you need me to confirm July. it? Seven months from now. <laughs> Anyways, you set a goal for us. So, hey, babe, let's make it to 50-year wedding anniversary. That's a big-ass goal, but challenge accepted. I'm going to stay healthy and strong for sure. I'm going to be a jacked ass 89 year old man watch this especially with all the science coming out and revolutionized and we know macros and this is a lot of stuff coming out and more stuff's going to come out we're going to start looking a lot younger for our age a lot of good things coming out what it what a difference look at that 12 years ago look at that how i looked look how you look not like i look terrible you didn't look terrible look at me though i look terrible I look alcohol infested. I'm car- I'm holding a magnum. A magnum. That's crazy. Look at my belly. Look at those mamboos. Ugh. That shirt, the buttons are ready to pop out. Look at the difference. 12 years. You're supposed to what? Back in the day, we're supposed to get worse as we get age, as we age. That was before. Look at us now. Living proof that no, you don't have to give it in and tap out. But you can't be drinking that stuff forever. That's the difference. 
Alcohol ages you. It actually speeds up the aging of your cells. Yes, it, it legitimately does. ages you. I don't understand why people don't get that. I try to explain it to people. Listen, you're slowly, even if you have a, one drink a day times seven days, or let's just say five days, you're slowly killing the lifespan of your liver, your organs, and your poison in your blood. Take it how you want, but that's the truth. You, you're not going to defy the science, the medical science of what our organs do when you're giving it alcohol yeah. every day. Yeah. I know J-Lo famously says that she doesn't drink, and that's why that's what she attributes to her youthful appearance is because she doesn't drink. And she's 50, God, I forgot it, 52 or so, 53, somewhere on there? She's definitely in her 50s. Look at her. Come on now. We're growing up. What do women look like in their 50s? Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? These women of today look... The golden girls. Yeah. The golden... <laughs> exactly. The golden girls. All right. Just a reminder that we are going live on Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So head over to our YouTube and click on the bell to be notified. It'll let you know when we'll be live in your time zone because... East Coast. That's 8 p.m. your time. Just so we get it straight so you don't get confused. 8 p.m. your time for my East Coast, our East Coast folks. Yeah. So many people got confused, and, and then we had technical difficulties, so hopefully we don't have any, and the replay will be up, because the goal is that you guys can watch it anytime you want, and we will plan on putting the replay up, so hopefully, barring any technical difficulties this time, which I think I've got it figured out, so hopefully we should be good. Yeah, the master over here has got it figured out. I don't know. You yeah. guys, this technology stuff, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm doing the best I can. It's all new. It's all new to us. This is part of elevating, though, part of learning and gaming ourselves up. Yeah. I mean, like trying I to said, make it a better experience for you guys, you know, for your listeners, because we appreciate the support. We know we see you guys. We hear you guys. We really appreciate it. We love you all for that. Yes, we do. We really do. And so we're doing our best here. And just bear with us as we every time we moved locations, we it came with some growing pains. And so we're dealing with like the growing pains right yes, now. And yes. we're figuring it out as we go. What do we always say when we go to a new business? We go to a new restaurant. Our friend has a sushi restaurant. Remember when to support it? Eventually, it leveled up. In the beginning, the service was horrible. He was going through the growing pains, getting new servers, new workers. It just wasn't working out for him in the beginning. Yeah. If you go to a new restaurant, you're going to know the service is going to be poor or slow. They, yes. They're working out the kinks. We're working out the kinks. There you go. So bear with us. All right, you guys. Yesterday, I recorded... A episode of Mauricio Mejia Live. I was a guest on his episode two. So by the time this episode is up, you should be able to head over and watch it. So I will link it here on the screen and support. Yours truly was on the episode. Yeah, you hear yours truly over here talking with my client, Mauricio Mejia. Yeah, he it's gave you a lot episode. of props on the episode. I can't wait. To, I'm going to listen to it too. I haven't. You show me clips of it, but I'm going to listen to it from the beginning, start yeah. to finish. So that's cool. Yeah, it was a good one. You guys, moving on to the hold my coffee. Let's go. You guys, guess what? I am the victim. I'm the victim here. I have been given the coffee to hold by Denise Turner. Denise. She says, not to be a hold my coffee kind of girl, but when Mike breathes like that, it doesn't come off as loud to us as it probably does in your headphones. So that's good. Shout out Denise. Denise. You're my girl. She told me to hold my coffee. Yeah. Is what she did. And she was not alone. Many people agreed. Yeah. Many people agreed here. 
Team Mike. In fact, they conversed with each other back and forth saying that they liked it. They liked the noises and the random sound effects that you give and that I was being a little too sensitive, basically. You know what they're telling you is let Mike be Mike. How about that? To hold my coffee. Let Mike be Mike. Don't censor him. Yeah. So like I said, I'm holding the coffee. I am holding my own coffee. I'm holding. But you could have actually offered me a coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I was, it, it was a crazy morning. I don't even want to get into it. I was on the phone with my sister on a deep phone call, and it was running, rushing home, trying to get here. And cleaners at the house, a lot going on. I'm sorry. I should have. He came. He has a coffee, and I have nothing. I could have used a coffee for sure. But you barely drink coffee. Don't be lying to the listeners now. You barely. You're an energy drink kind of girl. You rarely drink coffee now. Something, though. Usually I do text you to bring me something here. Yeah, you didn't text me, though. No, I didn't. But it would have been nice to offer. <laughs> yeah, it's my birthday. <laughs> I should be getting the offer, man. I'm joking, you guys. I'm not a diva like that. Sometimes I can be, though. Sometimes I can be. But yeah, it was a crazy morning. Yes, you are a diva, actually. Quite, I can Quite be. often you are a diva. All right, we're moving on to Comment Corner. <laughs> And the first one comes to us from Mina Rose, 3193. And she says, I would never judge anyone for vaping or smoking. My friend owns a marijuana dispensary in San Francisco next to my salon. And for years, every time I go in to talk to him, the place is filled with cancer patients. It's literally saving lives and helping them live pain-free. Now, I do, agree. yeah, I think for some people it makes sense because really, yes. what? who cares about the potential long-term side effects of vaping if you have a terminal cancer diagnosis, exactly. right? So I definitely agree that in some cases it's fine, but for me as a mom, it was problematic for me watching my son do that. That's a different ball game. Your son doesn't have cancer and he's right. very young and you right. don't want to see him destroy his lungs. But I do understand your point there. And I think I didn't really mean it in a blanket statement because I do think that there and there is also some people that don't abuse don't abuse things. They do it casually every once in a while. Not everyone's like that, but. Yeah. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because I'm a smoker, vapor. Not anymore. I gave it up because I was abusing it too much. I had to let it go. All right. Moving on to Sarah Booker Godsey, 3769. I come from a very similar situation. My mother, my mother's type 2 diabetes that ultimately led to her early death at 66. I guess we learn from the mistakes others make. I understand the body positivity movement. I do. But I also believe that obesity causes illness. If you're eating healthy and exercising, usually obesity is not part of the mix. And talking about the two, the number two with your mate, totally do that on the daily with mine. Keep it up, guys. Love it. So she was referring to the body positivity, hold my coffee from the last episode. Yeah. And how we get it, the body positivity palm movement. But at the yes. end of the day, are we, by, if we are promoting body positivity and glorifying obesity, are we then also promoting the fact that it gives you, it leads to diseases and things like that? Yeah, just like her, I lost my mother at 65 to diabetes, where eventually led her to colon cancer, eventually led to her death. So lost an aunt in Costa Rica at 56 to a heart attack. So 
Got it. You can't play around with your health, man. Eventually, it's going to get you. And I think the whole point was like, is the body positivity movement, are they not addressing the fact that the truth is, regardless of how you spin it, if you are overweight, it's a, it leads to a lot more the risk factors, the increased risk, risk factors for yes. many diseases. Yes, it does. Can't excuse that. It's facts. Can't ignore the facts. It's not stuff we're making up. It's, it's facts. You can literally look it up. All right, moving on to the next one, and it comes to us from Canadian Dad 73 the couple that poops together stays together. To answer your question, we're like you guys. We talk about what our bodies are doing. This is about the poop talk. And, yeah, I think a lot of people, a lot of couples, they do talk about the poop talk. And it's very important that you talk about that because if something's funky... The other one might encourage the other one. You might want to go see a doctor. Something might be going mm-hmm, on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you this, and not to get off topic, but I talked to my, my brother recently, and he had a colonoscopy in his 30s, like late 30s. And usually don't get that. And the reason is because he's always had stomach issues for many years. And guess what they found? Polyps in there. Because I think he, has, he was dealing with diverticulitis. Yeah, so I like I had six precancerous polyps, and it was like the bad kind. And I got my colonoscopy only after I had said, hey, like I'm at a high risk because it's in my family, this, that, and the other. And I'm glad they approved it because I got rid of those precancerous polyps. And now I'm on the three-year plan. I actually get a colonoscopy every three years. I'm due again pretty soon. And they're pushing it closer to 40 now. More of it was like you didn't get it till you were like 50 or so. Mm-hmm. Now they're pushing it closer down because more people are getting it. I think it. that now the, the age is 45. So if you are out there and you have not had a colonoscopy yet and you're 45 or older, inquire with your doctor because more and more younger people are getting diagnosed with colon cancer. Yes. And you, it's very, um, it's one of those cancers that if you screen for it and you catch it early or you catch it before it becomes cancer, it's very curable. Yes. So it's definitely something. So, yeah, I also feel that if you are talking, if you're cool with talking about things like that with your mate, it just to me, it speaks to how truly comfortable and close that you are. That's true. You got a good point. I was going to say we talk about everything. Yeah. We don't hold too much stuff back or nothing. We're very open with each other. I think a lot of couples need to be that way. Don't hold back. Just be open. It'll bring you too closer. You're in this together. This is a team. Me and her. This isn't just. Me and her, we're a team. It's one unit. We're together. Something happens to her, man. I want the best for her. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm healthy over here and she's not. No, hell no. I'm concerned for her health. It's like she's concerned for my health. She forces me to go to the doctor, make sure my blood pressure is under control. And I hate the doctors. But got to keep it in check. All right. And moving on to the next one. And it is Heather Andrade, 1045. Me and my husband talk about Poop 2, LOL, been together almost 11 years. We talk about it all. See? That's what I mean. Good for you, Heather. Keep talking. Keeps you guys tight. Yeah, I think it's important. No secrets. Why would you not be able to? I I just think that your mate, above anybody else, honestly, your spouse should be someone that you could talk about anything, especially when it comes to bodily functions. Exactly. It's just waste leaving your body as it should. And you wanted to make sure, like, it's healthy waste leaving your body. It's very important to talk about that stuff. Because, again, you tell me, hey, babe, I'm seeing blood in my stool. Get your ass to the hospital right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause for concern. 
Don't like, oh, I don't feel so good. And you ignore the signs. I'm like, get your ass to the hospital. Don't ignore the signs. Your body's telling you something. You know that I didn't really, and I think that it speaks to, I just, I wasn't really aware until my dad had a situation how scary and dangerous it is if you have blood in your stool. Yes. And you've had blood in your stool before and you've had issues with your stomach. We've been on vacation. Yeah. I've had a lot of issues with my stomach. And you get a lot of cons- <clears throat> you get vacation constipation, as you call it. There's times where you didn't go poop for days. And I said, babe, that ain't right. That's dangerous. I'm not trying to put your business out you there. You would say, like, that's toxins. You have toxins. How many days has it been? Yeah, I would feel weird. Like, that's days. You can't. You shouldn't go more than a day without going to the bathroom. You got to alleviate it. It's waste in their building. But you know what I realized? What I do remember now? Whenever I would drink alcohol, it would mess with my regularity and my poop. And again, sorry, guys, here we go again with the the TMI. TMI. But my poop would smell different after drinking, like stale almost. See, only you know when something's up, but it ain't right. You know what we all know what our poop smells like. We know what our farts smell like. Sorry. We know something's off. Wait a minute. This ain't normal. Something's up. Got to look at what you're eating. Have you been drinking? You got to look at everything. What yeah. you've been doing differently. Yeah, I know that when I do well and I don't overconsume and I'm just like cruising, everything is good. Like nothing, I don't have bad gas. I, I don't get bloated. Just everything cruises. The moment I do something, have a cheat day, an indulgent cheat day or something, right away everything changes. The smell, the frequency, the everything. It's very right? reflective of what I've just done to my body. Yeah, that's true. And on vacation, they used to always, you had a hard time. And it used to just blow me away. How do you not, how do you have all that food build up and it doesn't pass through? It's crazy. I think with the vacation situation. It's mental for you. has to be. It's psychological. Psychological, yeah. yeah, For sure. Yeah. I think the vacation situation is psychological. I don't know why, guys. I don't. don't. You don't like to go bathroom in other places. You're a creature of habit. It's weird. I don't even like to go bathroom in other places in my own home. I like to go number two in my bathroom. But here we are again, digressing on the poop talk. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I guess let's get into protein. That's why we call it candidly with coffee. Keeping it real. <laughs> let's get into protein. Let's expose some protein myths. All right. So myth number one is that you absolutely need one gram of protein per pound of body weight to gain muscle. True or false? What do you think? Do you need one gram per pound? And why do people say that? Per the actual weight you're at. Yeah, so do I need 125 grams of protein? No. You are correct. Ding, ding. You don't actually. And I think that it's just easy. It's easy to tell people, especially if you're coaching or if we can tell you guys right now on this episode, say, hey, just eat a gram per pound. Because what that means is it ensures that you'll at least you'll get enough. Yes. Because there's nothing wrong with going over on protein. No. You can go over on protein. Your body will use it. If whatever it doesn't need for muscle protein synthesis and for the systems in your body, it will just convert it into energy. Yes. And it's the least likely macronutrient to get stored as body fat. I go over every day. So it's perfectly fine to go over on your protein because... It's going to get used anyway. However, you don't need to. And I think that it's important because if you think that you need to, it really, and you're trying, say you're someone who's significantly overweight. Yeah. And you have a lot of body fat. Yep. 
you are maybe say 190 pounds, you're trying to eat 190 grams of protein. That's difficult. It's very difficult to do, especially if you're trying to lose weight and it limits your food choices. And why would you do that if you don't need to do it? That's true. It's hard for a lot of people to get that much protein in, especially men. You'd be surprised. Men have a hard time. I have a client, well, friend of mine that I'm helping work with, boxing coach, and he has a hard time like getting his protein intake. I'm giving him tips and tricks how to get to it. I said, dude, you got to use powders. You got to use cheat code. Got to use different things to get there. It's hard to do it all in meat. I know. It's a lot of food. I think the most important thing to remember is you don't need to feed the fat. So you're not feeding your, if you do a gram per pound, you're not hurting yourself. So let's put that out there. You're not going to hurt, but you make it a little harder on yourself and you can have a little more variety. And just instead of all that protein, you could swap out and have more carbs. Yes. So that, I think that's the most important thing to take from it. A more realistic thing to aim for, or like calculation to aim for is 0.7 to 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight. That is true. Yeah. So I think that it just helps if you don't, if you don't think that you need, oh my God, my muscles are wasting if I don't get in that no. much, et cetera, but you don't really need like that you're much. trying to be a pro bodybuilder. Now we're having a different conversation. Pro bodybuilders have a lot more muscle. Yeah. So they need, they have a lot of their body weight is actually muscle. Yes. So True. they don't, they have very little body weight that is attributed to body fat. So yeah, they're closer to that one gram per pound. And they need every single gram of muscle of protein they can get. That is true. All right. Another myth is that protein damages your kidneys. I've heard that. I've heard that throughout the 80s and 90s. A lot of people say that, that protein damages kidneys. So when you first put them on a high-protein diet, a lot of times when I have a client and I, I first put them on a high-protein diet, they'll be like, oh, is this, isn't this damaging to my kidneys? Isn't this going to hurt my kidneys? It's... No. Where did you hear that at? Reveal your source. What's your favorite thing to say? You always say, I heard. Oh, yeah. I heard protein <laughs> damage your king. Well, where'd you heard from? Where's your source? Reveal your source. Cite your source. That's what I like to say. That's what you like to say. Cite your source. I always say that because you have people will call you and ask you these cockamamie questions uh, all the time. And I'm like, where I are put they you hearing that? What about, are they kidding what about this the, What crap? about the red meat one? <laughs> Go ahead, share it. Red meat, yeah. A friend of mine called me, and I said, hold on. I'm going to put you on speaker. I want my wife to hear this. His wife told him that red meat's no good for you. Why is it no good for you? Explain her explanation why it's no good. And her explanation was way off. Remember what she was saying, telling him? Oh, it causes cholesterol. Oh, it's bad for the heart or something. She was cockamamie stuff that made no sense. Cite your source then. Where did she get this from? Where did she hear this from? Google? Got to remember, a lot of these... Studies will come out from like the competition from like the fish industry or the chicken industry to make red meat look bad. So you want to go eat dairy meat instead. There's a lot of competition. So be aware of fake news out there. They'll put a lot of bullshit out there. Let me tell you something. Somebody that suffers from high blood pressure, if red meat's so bad for you, my numbers are good. My cholesterol is good. I just did my blood work. Everything's good. So, nah. A lot of times the studies are flawed because what yes. happens is it's okay. You're studying someone that's eating a bunch of hamburgers. They're eating hamburgers all the time. And oh my gosh, all these people are eating tons of just fast food hamburgers and they eat 
all red meat and they have high cholesterol. What else are they? They're eating hamburgers what else at, at eating fast it? food. Okay. Yes. They're eating high fats, high saturated fats. Yes. So it's all relative. Like what else are they eating? What else? What are the other contributing factors? Are they including the fries in there? So the other thing that you should um, keep in mind is that. You should, some people do have an issue with high protein and that's if they have kidney, some sort of kidney disease or kidney disorder true, because true. they're a part of digesting that protein or a part of that protein process. And so if you have kidneys that are struggling from disease or you have chronic kidney disorder or whatever, you might be instructed by your doctor to limit protein. But the general population that does not have kidney issues can eat, does, can eat protein without an issue. Yes. Facts. We have a friend that has kidney issues, so we know this. So what's the next myth we're on to? All right, let's see. Okay, this is a good one because I hear this one a lot. I heard. Is that supplemental protein is different from protein from food. Oh, my God, I've heard that for the years. I already know what you're talking about. Powders? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I still hear it on the Internet. People argue, it's not real food. The body's not meant to digest that. It's not the same thing. Okay. Cite your source, bro. It's exactly the same thing. It's just that it's concentrated. You get more protein for less calories because it's concentrated protein. Yes. But it's the same exact thing as you're getting from food. Now... Are there benefits to eating whole, getting protein from whole foods? Yes, you get, obviously, if you're eating whole foods, you're getting other nutrients besides yes, protein. Of course. You're getting vitamins and other essential nutrients yes. from your whole food. Plus, whole food has the ability to keep you more satiated. I was going to say that. So right you're there. going to eat less if you eat, if you take in your protein from whole food. It's going to keep you satisfied. But the actual effect of the protein is absolutely the same yeah 50 gram shake of protein liquid or 12 ounce steak 50 grams of protein what's going to fill you up more that's true satiety the mm -hmm. steak is but when you're on the go and you need to make those extra grams of protein up for your macros or whatever diet you're following got to down got to slam those shakes sometimes so that's what i do every day i use powders every day two scoops on the fly every day because I'm not going to take that much meat and I don't have the capacity to eat that much meat every day. If you take it in the form of supplements like that, like powders, again, it gives you more variety with your diet because you're not wasting a lot of calories yes. to get in that protein. Yes. Because for example, like one of nutrition, their protein powders, like 100 and their isoprotein has 110 calories, 25 grams of protein for only 110 calories. But if I'm trying to, but if I want to go have a burger and get 25 grams of protein, I'm going to eat 400 calories to it, get 25 it, grams of protein. Exactly. Bang for the buck. Return, Like we like to say in money, good return on investment. 110 calories, $110 brings me back 25 grams of protein. You can't beat that. I do two scoops. That's 220 calories, 50 grams of protein. Good return on investment. That's what we always talk about. You got to be smart about it. You got to make it work within your macros. One of my favorite one myths is that, and we talked about it actually in a few episodes ago, but is that you can only absorb 30 grams of protein at a time. Oh, I heard that in the 90s too when I was into the whole bodybuilding scene. 35, they said back then. Can't take it more than 35 grams of protein. And what was it? Because the you talked about it. 
So what ha- that it came from supplement companies because right. you can't pack a lot of protein into a protein bar yeah. or something and have it taste good. Yes. And so they would, if you notice, there's no like single serving of protein that has more than say 30 grams of protein in it. True. Because it's hard to get more than that. And notice the magic number is 30. Yes. Like the most you'll see is 30. Yes. So it's because supplement companies started putting, perpetuating that because they wanted people to think that they could have this protein bar or this protein shake as a meal replacement and that it's okay if it only has 25 or 30 grams in it because that's the most your body can use at a time anyway. But that's actually false. Your body will actually use all of your protein. It's going to use it all. Now, will it use it all for muscle building? No. But whatever it doesn't use for muscle building, it will use as energy. And again, protein is the least likely macronutrient to get stored as fat. So if you're going to overeat any macronutrient, you want it to be protein because whatever your body doesn't need for its muscles, it's going to use as stored energy and in your glycogen storage. It'll do like gluconeogenesis, turn yes. it into stored carbohydrates, basically. I'm glad we're in this era. Because we debunked a lot of fake fucking news that came out of the 80s, 90s. You know what I'm saying? Even the 2000s. Here we are, 2024. I'm glad this is all coming out in the open. That's a lot of fake news where I grew up on thinking the same thing. Because I remember I used to get those metrics, those shakes. They come in the package. And I think the most, they were like 30 grams of protein each one. They're probably one of the companies that are pushing it out there. So you could buy their little packets. Already it ready it was hard for me to convince you on that one. You really believed all of that stuff. It was hard for me to convince you on some of these myths. You fought me for a few years on some of this stuff. I've been talking about it for years. I got brainwashed from way back then and listening to bodybuilders. I had friends who were professional bodybuilders. So you get, listen, you get almost ingrained in your brain and you don't want to believe otherwise until more studies come out and you're like, okay, it was fake news. Look, I like to look at myself as example. I get my protein from all kinds of different processed foods, some whole foods, some powders, some dairy. I get it from everything. Some of it's a complete protein. Some of it is, most of it's a complete protein. Some of it's not. Some of it's like plant-based, depending on where I'm getting it from. And... I, I'm ga- I'm having success. I'm getting gains. My I've over the last few months I've put packed on some muscle for sure. So I like I just take myself as my own example. Okay, if any of those myths weren't true, like I I get I take in a lot of protein in one sitting. Sometimes I get it from multiple different sources. I eat it processed. I eat it whole. I I do it all right. Yeah. Then if some of these myths were true, I wouldn't be getting results. True. Even milk was demonized because Arnold in the 70s, that movie Pumping Iron, he said milk is for babies. We don't drink milk. You don't. The body doesn't need milk. That ain't true. I, do, I drink a lot of Fair Life milk. It doesn't add fat or, or I don't feel like it ups my cholesterol. There's just a lot of myths. Oh, you're just drinking cow pus. That's what people would call it too. Can you believe that? Like people were just saying stupid stuff about milk. No, milk is a very good source of protein. A lot, of, a lot of bullshit out there. A lot of fake news. It's crazy. Yeah, and I get it on the daily. And I honestly, I don't always have the time or the energy to, like, I'm not trying to prove my case. No. It, I just say, no, it's, it's false. It's not true. You, it, but I don't feel like I want to, like, it's go educate yourself. Exactly. Go figure it out on your own. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to, like, waste time to tell one person. Now, I'll do it on this show. Yep. Because on this show, we're talking to a lot of people. But I won't, but don't send me crap that you want me to debunk in DMs because 
debunk it yourself. Go to Google, do your own research. Go to PubMed, go to BioLand, do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't send it to me because I want you to stop and think. Sometimes you got to stop and think. Does do you think it makes sense for me to stop working, stop doing what I'm doing, to read your DM and go look at facts and studies for you and to send you studies to change your mind. You have to ask yourself, you guys, like, why would I do that? I know. Why would I do that? You don't have the brain capacity. You don't have the bandwidth. You're busy doing other stuff. I don't think people realize that. Stop sending BS to my wife. She ain't got time (laughs) to debunk the myths. And listen, also, don't take advice from people that, that spew shit out of the side of their neck and then they look like absolute shit. Yeah, I'm talking the shit because look at them. The results speak for themselves. Look at her. Look at me. You're going to take advice from us or you're going to take advice from that person who's busted can of biscuits, as they like to call it. <laughs> the same. Yeah, but like, I do. I, I like to. That's a very good point because a lot of times someone that that the hold my coffee style comments are like, oh, you eat a lot of processed foods or, oh, you eat this or you eat that. That's not good. I'm like, not to be mean, guys, but sometimes I really want to say these things. And sometimes I because I get triggered. I get triggered by the comment. So sometimes I'll want to say, what are you eating? Because whatever you're eating, I don't want to be eating. Exactly. If if you're taking your own advice, then you're solidifying why I'm doing the right thing. Exactly. It's funny how people want to give advice. But listen, I tell dudes that let's take your shirt off. I'll take my shirt off. You comfortable doing that? Why are you going to be? Exactly. That's what I thought. Then don't, let's not go there because you're not the one to talk or give advice. Yeah, because honestly, you guys, I don't know what it is, but the person that's spewing that kind of information, they never looked the part. Never. It's never, never been somebody that comes to me that looks fit as fuck. Exactly. And that has something to say about, oh, you know what? Maybe you should try doing this or not doing that. And then I'll look at them and go, maybe I should listen because look at the way they look. But it's never the case. Never the case. It's always the average busted Joe or the Joe that doesn't look like he goes to the gym ever. But somehow he has the magic answers on how we should be eating, training, or living our life. Like, bro, have you looked at yourself, dog? Have you looked in the mirror? Homie, you should not be giving no advice to nobody at all. You got a gut hanging out past your bedline. No, stop it. You know what I'm saying? Quit. Think about it. Like, where you're getting your information, have they like succeeded in what they are giving information on? So it's like a businessman, right? A businessman is going to give some another successful businessman business advice, but they don't have a business. You know what I mean? It's if you haven't mastered your vessel yes. and figured out how much you should be eating and what you should be eating and it, and clearly it reflects on the way you look, yep. then you shouldn't make comments on somebody else's eating or whatever, because clearly you haven't got it figured out yet. Nope. Because unless you can figure it out and apply it, then your information is worthless. Yes. I like what that one dude, Wes Watson said. And I actually told one of my friends to use this. He goes, so if I take your advice, I'm going to look like you. Oh, oh man, what you mean, dog? Again, am I going to look like you or am I going to look like me if I take your advice? Am I going to look like a busted can of biscuits? Or I like to call it busted can of beans or a flat tire or I'm going to look like me. Call it for what it is. Oh, he, it's hilarious when he says that. Or if I want to be rich and successful, a millionaire, am I going to get business advice from my client, Mauricio Mejia, who's already made millions? Or am I going to go down the street to the 7-Eleven and ask the homeless man, yo, hey, yo, homie, how do I get rich, dog? You going to show me the way? Not to... Ran on homeless people. I'm not kicking them down, but am I going to get business advice from them or am I going to go to my client who's already done it? Right. Come on. 
think people. I think it just makes common sense. And like I said, don't have it. if and would I stop and actually listen to somebody who had has found success in whatever they're critiquing me on? So, for example, I our podcast. Yes. Okay, if someone who doesn't have a podcast gives me some chirping cockamamie advice on my podcast. Why would I listen to them? If Adam says, Hey, you know what? I have a tip for your podcast. I'd be like, get the notepad out. You already know. I'm going to write it. I will take that criticism. Yes. Why would you take that? Because he's got a successful podcast. Yes. Very successful. So that's exactly what the point I'm trying to make. Yes. That's the point I'm trying to make. But people don't have common sense. Especially the age of social media. People just love to spew. I think to hear themselves and just spew shit and not think about what they're actually asking or saying. Stop and think what you're asking before you ask. Don't ask dumb shit. You know what I'm saying? Research yourself first. And don't be giving advice if you don't look the part. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it goes. You don't have a right to sit at the table or give advice. If you're not a certified trainer like we are, we've been living the life, you have no right to give anybody any advice. None. Zero. Quit it. Yeah, like I actually had someone, I was actually thinking about putting it as a hold my coffee, but I didn't end up doing it because I needed to take that hold my coffee this time. But I had someone that commented on my vlog and she was commenting on the bread that we eat, the keto bun. She goes, in actuality, and she did list paragraph this long. About, uh, one of the, those about the calculation of the calories for the fiber and the blah, da, da, and the because fiber technically doesn't count as calories. And so people take it off the label. <sighs> and she did this big, long calculation about they say that you shouldn't attribute any calories to fiber. But in actuality, here in the UK, we attribute it to calories. So you need to take the calculation, take the number of fiber, multiply it by two, add that to the total cal. And that's your actual calories, which ends up being like 20 calories more. And I'm like, okay, the day that I have to do that, like I quit. Yes. Like that's not, it's not that serious. I was going to say, lady, it's not that serious. Look, I'm looking at you. It's not that serious. Imagine if we told our clients that to do that every time on every meal, you know how hard it would be. Everyone would fail. Yeah. So no, you go do that for yourself. Stop spewing advice to us. I'm like, that's actually. Quit it. Like disordered behavior. That is. You're little. And it's because you want to take it a step further. I, I know you actually came to me recently and said, because if you want to take it, if you want to get, let, let's get into that real quick. So yeah, let's get into it. Because labels can be off. Did you know that labels? They're allowed to be off by 20 to 25%. Yes, they are. So when you are, when people say that, Hey, you know what? You, it's easier to lose weight when you eat whole foods and whole foods are better. And like competitors, they stick to whole foods. Yes. Yes. They're more mm-hmm. nutrient dense. But the other reason why people tend to have more success, like on Whole30 or something like that, is there's less margin for error in your macro calculations because Whole Foods are Whole Foods. There's not label discrepancies and things like that. Also, if you really start to fixate on the minor details, think about this. Protein bars. Okay. Your protein bar is say 200 calories. Yes. But if you pay attention to the label, it's 200 calories for say 120 gram protein bar. How often do you think the protein bars are actually 120 grams in weight? Some of them are 110, some of them are 130. So technically, sometimes you're eating 200 calories, sometimes you're eating 230, sometimes you're eating 180 because they are allowed to have up to a 20 to 25% discrepancy. Yes, they are. Most of the times they are not the same weight 
And that applies to anything processed. So say hamburger buns. Let's just say hamburger buns. That's what happened with my friend. He One hamburger, hamburger bun is say it's 80 calories for a 50 gram ham- hamburger bun. One of them might weigh 50 grams, but one of them might be 35 grams and one of them might be so 60 grams. Right. But listen, you guys, macros don't have to be that specific. No. And if you are not having success, it's not because your hamburger bun was off by five grams. It is because besides the hamburger, you also had a handful of M&Ms and a handful of pretzels every time you walk by the pantry and you didn't track them. It's those reasons. Not because I didn't, not because I didn't track the two calories per gram of fiber that technically, you know what I'm saying? Going in the chip bag, grazing on chips. I've been guilty of that. I was guilty over the holidays, grazing on candy as well. You had a little candy jar stuff. We grazed me and your son. Don't put that there no more because there's empty calories that don't count. And a lot of guys do that and you don't, Log that stuff. So let's be honest. Or your trail mix that's sitting at your desk that you're constantly picking. I just talked to one of my clients about that. Like, you can eat that stuff, bro, but you're going to have to get disciplined and tracking that, bro. Give yourself a serving, bro. That's the only way. Because if not, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. That adds up quick. Yeah, so it's those kind of things that are going to cause the issue. It's not the, ooh, maybe I should attract some of those calories from fiber technically because the insoluble versus the soluble. Yeah. Trust me when I tell you, you do not have to be that granular. If you are mastering the basics and doing what you need to do, you do not need to weigh out your hamburger buns to make sure that it's 55 grams versus 50. That is too specific. I don't even give... I've never done it once since you taught me macros ever weighed out anything like that, like a bun or a piece of bread. I just go with what it says. And that's that. I'm not going to get all specific and get all crazy over it. I'm not competing for a bodybuilding show or a competition or have to be a certain weight. You know what I'm saying? I still had tons of success following the macros you gave me. That's it. Stuck to, stuck to it. Mastered it and stuck to it. Adhered yeah. to it. Yeah. Had success. Maybe I went over on some days on those macros too. Still had success. At the end of the day, like when I responded to that comment, I was like, listen, lady, I don't even track my greens. Okay. I don't track my greens. I don't track my supplements. Macros are not... There's no stake in the ground that has to be exactly this number. I I always tell my clients like around. Around. And and for example, when I do meal plans, I do my client meal plans. There's say seven days of menus. I don't get every menu is not exactly the same macros. It's a range. It's not even realistic. I've actually had some of like my type A clients. I've spent hours to try to plan out my menu and figure out how to get the calories exactly and then the protein and then it's off by one gram i'm like no okay first of all no don't do that don't do that that's way too much work sweetheart you're not competing you're not doing a show you're not doing a a fitness show you're not competing you don't need to do that too much work that's going to drive you crazy it's actually it's just not sustainable and it's not necessary it's not even necessary so that's why like those kind of things i'm like ah like, I don't even... Now, if I had a client who was struggling and she thought for sure she's hitting her macros, we'll go through everything and be like, okay, yeah. are you doing this? What are you What are you not tracking? Let's add that up and see yes. what it is. It's never that you ate too much broccoli, though. I'm just no. telling you guys right now. Don't worry about it. It's not... If you're gaining weight or you're not losing weight, it's not because... You had one too many broccoli florets on your plate. I'll be honest with you. Every morning I have, I know exactly, not exactly, but I have an idea what my oatmeal is. I just throw a handful of blueberries. I don't track those. And I'll eat a couple of strawberries throughout the day. I don't crack those either. I know there's some calories. I don't either. 
I don't either. So there's lots of things that I don't track, but it's not the sneaky things that are very calorie dense. Yes. And so what I do is I I base my level of um, commitment to tracking on where I'm at. If I'm feeling good and I'm getting leaner and I'm happy with my progress and I'm not tracking greens and I'm not being diligent with counting out my blueberries and I'm just doing a half a cup of oats, I'm not doing it on the scale to get the grams right because a half a cup of oats can be skewed to right if you use the cups. Yes. But I don't, I leave it like that if I'm happy where I'm at. Now, if I was being, if I'm being loose and then I'm going to complain that, hey, like I'm not happy with my progress, then at that point I need to tighten it up. You make adjustments. You cinch it down. Like, all right, it's time to cinch it down. Now I'm going to get tighter with it. Right. Like we track our chips. You love chips. I love chips. We That we do track because those add up quick. You have to. Certain things you do. Like blueberries, strawberries. Nah, not really. Just throw it in my oatmeal. Here you go. But banana, I put that in my tracker though because it, that's calories. Calories so. are more, those are more dense. Things like the <clears throat> yes. calories are more dense, I'm mindful of. Yeah. But again, like I said, I take some gummy vitamins. Those have calories. I don't track those. That's true. I take my little melatonins. Those have calories in them too. I don't track those either. Still lost weight somehow, miraculously. Your results speak for themselves. That's it. So that's my it. point is always if you can re- get results and be a little looser, why not stay a little looser and continue because it's easier and more sustainable because at the end of the day, if you do something that is more sustainable, yes, then you can, you're going to get better results because you're able to stay consistent. Now for the people that are like said commenter, who's doing an algebra equation to track the calories oh on a hamburger bun, how long do you think clients and, and people would be able to do that? Never, not ever. It's not sustainable. Listen, who won the race? The rabbit or the hare? Who won the race, you guys? The story, the rabbit or the hare? Sustainability, longevity. Mm-hmm. This is long-term. Restrictive, A to Z fast, and then you fall off the cliff and it's over. And that's what I see a lot with clients. Always. Is they, the, it's the ones that sprint off the start starting line. They nope. crash and burn quickly. Quick. And the ones that are like, man, I'm having a hard time getting started. What should I do first? And then I, I give them one little thing to work on. One thing at a time. Then like before I know it, that's my superstar yeah. client yeah. down the road. You got to master one thing at a time, you guys. One thing. What's one thing you master? Consistency. Doing it every day. Every day you get better at weighing. You're going to have mistakes along the way. It's okay. You're going to have bumps. It's going to be like an airplane. It's not going to be a smooth ride from point A to B. It's going to be bumping there. You're going to have turbulence. It's going to be bumpy. And it's going to be like that with this. And eventually, it's going to smooth out like, yeah, I got it now. Mm-hmm. Remember my buddy mm-hmm. Los? He was bumpy at first. He didn't want to track. He was hard-headed. Now he mastered it. He's having fun with it. He's off and running. Yeah. Learn the game. Just like I learned the game. It was bumpy at first, too. But yeah. I became consistent with it. You, you get better. Consistency. So master one thing at a time. Yeah, I, I have this conversation with my clients all the time. I know we got off on a tangent from the protein, but it's important yeah. stuff because it another thing that I've just noticed a lot recently with clients is the their biggest detriment to not giving up is because they have unrealistic expectations for how this weight loss journey goes. Oh, big time. And you guys, if there's one thing I can tell you, it's slow. Sorry, you guys. This is an Amazon there's not a truck inside your body where it's jamming doing deliveries. It's always going to take way longer than you think. Like even me in my journey, I thought, surely 
with HRT and my thyroid medication and all these things. By my birthday, I'm going to be like sliced and diced. And yes, as did I think that I would be more shredded by now? Yes. But I let go of what I expected this process to be. And I just am grateful for the progress that I have had. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, but you know what? It's, I am having progress. I'm happy with where my body is. It clearly is changing and I haven't suffered along the way. I'm done it in a very relaxed, balanced way, enjoying my cheat days. Man, we've been enjoying tacos every weekend, man. Are you kidding me? We're having fun. You're not, we're not dying. We're not suffering. Like, um. I'm so hungry. I'm starving. This macros is hard. I can't do it, Janine. Come on, man. <laughs> Dude, we put we post it too. We don't lie about what we eat. We eat. We enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Again, you guys, sustainability. Right. The rabbit and the hare. It's long term for life. You do something too restrictive, too rigid. Good luck with that. How many okay, answer this. How many competitors? You you come from that world. I come from that world. How many competitors do real good? Get shredded for the show. Rip best shape possible. How long do they last like that? And exactly. how they look? And then how long? And then give it a week or two after they're competing. How do they look? How much weight do they gain back? It's rapid and it's crazy. And that's a perfect example. A competitor is a perfect example of they're sprinting to the finish line of their show. Yes. Whereas just like a transformation client that like I'm getting better every week and I, I only lost a half a pound, but they'll do better in the long run. The competitor got lean really quick and you're just still the turtle walking slowly, but you're going to stay lean and they're going to gain it back. And And boy, do they gain it back? And then some, sometimes they don't come back from it. They gain it back because Mm -hmm. too restrictive. They suffered for, they suffered in that three month period or however long they dieted. Then as soon as that shows over, they go buck wild and they can't close the floodgates after that. They go crazy. And then you see them a week or two later, they put on 20 pounds. Like that quick. Yeah, I see that a lot. And I think, like I try to tell my clients all the time, if you can just try to rewire your brain to not put specific expectations on what you think this process is going to be like, because then you get discouraged and it's very demotivating. And then it's hard to stay consistent because you feel deflated. Whereas if you remove the expectations, then you're just grateful for any amount of progress at all. Because if you thought, okay, I'm going to lose three pounds this week, but then you only lose a half a pound, then you're discouraged. Instead of the person who says, you know what, I'm just going to do my best and see what happens. Then they lose a half pound. They're like, wow, cool. I lost a half a pound. So yep. now it's the reward system is happening in the brain and the, it helps increase the motivation and consistency yes. instead of the person, the same person who loses the same amount of weight, the half a pound, but they are losing motivation and they're sad and they're they're not engaging that reward system in the brain because their expectation was three pounds. But then that same person is also the person that even to lose that half a pound was difficult. I had a hard time. I had to say no to things that I wanted. It was really difficult. I'm like, if it was difficult to lose the half a pound and you're even upset about the half a pound and you want it to be faster... How difficult do you think it's going to be to get to a, a deficit where you're losing three pounds in a week? You really, you had a hard time losing the half a pound. If yeah. you had a hard time losing the half a pound, 
then you better just stick with that pace because it doesn't get any easier if you speed it up. It's like, sure, I can say, here, do more cardio. Here, let's just slash your calories by 300 more calories a day. That's not going to work. You're going to crash and burn. And did you put that weight on overnight? You've done damage. Most, let's be honest, most of you have been packing that weight on for years. You think you're going to undo it that fast, that easy? Your body's going to hold on to it. So be happy that you're going on the other direction. And also, stop looking at the short-term goals. Look at the long-term. How do you think you're going to be a year from now if you keep going on that journey? Your clothes are going to feel better. You're going to feel better. Just keep going. But people just want instant gratification. Again, this is an Amazon. doesn't happen like that. We're in an era like people want, or they see these things, 30 pounds in 30 days. No, that's not realistic. That's fake. That's BS. That's somebody selling you snake oil. I cannot stand when I see that kind of promotion for weight loss programs. And because as a coach who teaches, honestly, when I really started thinking about what my programs are like, and it's really mindset and body mastery. Yes. So you're mastering your mindset and then therefore you'll master your body. Yes. But there is nothing worse than people who other coaches who will make these claims. Then I get these people who wonder why they're not going to lose 20 pounds in a month because they have it in their head. That's, that's what people lose when they go on a diet is 20 pounds in a month. And it's just they're, crazy. They're, to they're me. At, that, that's insanity. You guys, that doesn't happen. That literally is insanity. I'll tell you the only people who could lose that kind of weight. There's only people who could lose that kind of weight that fast, like within a couple of days or even a week as a fighters. The way they lose it though, is they suffer. They have to sweat, basically suck out all the water out of their body and they suffer to make weight for their fight. And once they make weight for their fight, that scale, the second they make weight, they already have their electrolytes and their drink and they're putting that weight back on within 24 hours. Because they're just losing water weight. Yes. That's just not body fat it's though. Not exactly. That's not body fat. And so again, it's unrealistic to think that you it's an insane amount of a calorie deficit in order to for your body to use up stored that much stored all right you guys i think we went off on a little tangent there but we that's got away okay. from the protein myths but the, yeah that is okay but it's all in the same vicinity yeah what it all is entailing yeah it's all the same thing yeah all right, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully we were able to debunk some myths for you. And remember, if somebody's giving you advice, I think you need to pay attention to who you're getting advice from. Exactly. Have they been able to master the thing that they're trying to advise you on? If not, pay no attention because it zero. has zero value. Fake news. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We'll see you on the next one. Bye.